Hey everybody, this is Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor doing another nighttime errand um, podcast. I, I wanted to talk about my game again. Something's come up which I think is pretty interesting. A couple things actually. I'll probably split uh, the two topics though into different podcasts. They don't really mix well. Uh, but the, the thing I'm going to talk to you today about is the difference between like doing role sets and kind of doing free form role playing. I do a combination of both. I th- I'm sure most of us do, especially old school folks who, where the rule set is a bare minimum, you know, just kind of a framework and then you kind of build onto it. Uh, but one of the things that I do that's sometimes difficult for, especially people who are rule set oriented, have, have struggle with. And I, I found a couple of people in my uh, my group right now um, that probably aren't taking full advantage of the clerics. This I'm specifically talking about the clerics in my campaign. So the turn undead ability is something that I've never liked on its own. I mean, I think, it, you know, it's an interesting concept, but it, uh, overall it's sort of like, well, wow, you know, I, I, especially these days. It definitely served its purpose back in the day. It was cool and it definitely uh, was hugely helpful. But uh, I don't... I just, I just think it's, and, and the spell list uh, is very limited, you know, very, very limited for, for clerics, and you know, you got one spell list for, you know, the different gods with different aspects, and I've, I've never been a fan of that. Gods and clerics are complicated in my world. Uh, Let's begin by the differences of the aspects of the or spheres of influences, I guess, in, in my world. I, I kind of have a pantheon, and part of that pantheon, you know, you have your, of course, your war gods, your death gods, and, and uh, you know, your general mix of things. Um, but, you're, you know, I have a... a uh, you know, a healing god, a god of Lavinia, a god of innocence and uh, healing, uh, where she is not a combative priest, at, you know, a, a, you know, a pacifist would be the proper word for them. Think of them like, um, what was it, uh, Hawkeye from MASH, you know, he'll he just fixes whoever comes across, you know, whether it was a North Korean guy or an American, he wanted to heal them up. And that's the way they were, you know, enemy or not. Uh, if, if they were brought before them or they saw them injured. And if the enemy was more injured than the ally, the enemy would get the treatment kind of thing. Um, but they were not. They wouldn't have any combat spells like the, the, from the list of spells that we have available to a cleric. You know, some of them are you know to help in combat. Well, that that wouldn't happen. They might do protection spells to keep them from getting harmed, or 
healing spell. So what do you do in that case? I mean, it's without a lot of work. I mean, it is something that I've toyed with where I have done this in the past, but not for everybody, all the, the classes or different gods, is you have different spell lists for each god. Now, some of them would, you know, you're going to have a lot of overlapping between each gods, but each one would probably have some sort of sphere of influence that would be more reflective in the their abilities. Now, one of the things I do that to kind of shorthand that is where I let people have their spell list so I don't have to make a spell list for everybody because it's just, that's a lot of work. I think it's it would be fun to do, and I am planning on doing that in the future for my future campaigns, but uh, what I've done is I've taken this turn dead ability, and I just don't have it like it's an unlimited ability. You can, you can, you can turn dead once per level. Now, given that, I don't even call it turn dead. What I've changed it to is Divine Axe. So that way the cleric can call upon their deity not to just turn undead. I mean, that's, that's definitely part of it where they can call down upon it. Now, now like the, the turn undead billet, uh, ability, let's address that. If you have a war god who has turn undead, billet, un, undead ability, his, his turn, his, his uh, what is it called? His effect is not going to be the undead runs away. No, in my campaign, the like a war god thing, it, it, it does damage. Um, uh, it can you know come in whatever forms that uh, sees fit for whatever god. You know maybe like like I have one god who's uh, you know s- symbolic symbol is like a, a, a spear. So maybe these spears shoot out of the uh, holy symbol. And strike these undead doing whatever damage that occurs. Uh, and this is in the early... Say you got a bunch of skeletons in a first level cleric. It maybe do one to three points of damage. So is, is it going to kill them all? No, but it's going to it's gonna damage a shitload of them. You know, because they, they get to affect a lot. And then later on the, down the line, it's just kind of a cool effect when they destroy them. They just don't all fall to the ground. You kind of just see all these spears kind of shoot out and just, you know obliterate these, these skeletons so you can kind of take that uh, on to higher levels. And say you have a healing, like I was talking about Lavinia, the healing. Well, Shahers wouldn't do any damage, but maybe what they would do is they were, they would just like become very passive and just start wandering around for the next however many rounds or turns that the turn on dead ability lasts. Of course, once that's done... Um, they would return to their old habits. But for that time being, they would become passive and just wander around. Uh, so those are some, some examples that, that you could do to change the, the turn on dead ability to kind of reflect the god that the, the uh, people are worshipping, the, the clerics worshipping. So what I've done is I've taken that turn on that ability and I've made it into the term called divine act you get one of these per level now what it is now this is the free form and this is what 
it's the, like I was talking about. Some of the players have trouble kind of wrapping their head around because it's not system based, and there's no real, there's no definable. I don't know uh, rules about this, other than there's you have so many per day. The way I use it, say you're you've, you've got a let's just say you've got a um, high level or a low level cleric of Lavinia. So we're going back to the cleric of healing and innocence, and she's got to heal somebody who's got jacked up pretty good. Rolls a one on her heel. You get one plus one. That's two. But wants to use the divine act to max out her or his role. Absolutely, because in this case, it just kind of uh, fits right there. I mean, it does. So there's there's no reason uh, not to kind of allow that. And at low level, that's fine. Now, say she was, or he or she was low level, and she wanted to use... Now, mind you, like I said, this is not rule-based, rule so you can kind of stretch some of the things she did, she wants to do. Say the whole party was jacked up. Say there was a, I don't know, um, a minor cave-in, and everybody took damage. So everybody, you know, you got a low-level party, and everybody took a few points of damage. And but she but this this level or this this cleric of Lavinia only has maybe one healing spell, but she or he asks if they can use their divine act to heal other people. Now at that point, what I would probably do is say, absolutely, you can do that. Uh, but here's here's the deal: you can um, you can roll your healing. Uh, roll, you know, like it's 1d6 plus 1, and then you can assign who gets those hit points. So say maybe they roll a 5. Well, this person gets a hit point, that person gets a hit point, and that person that really got hurt gets 3 hit points. And it doesn't break the game, but it kind of allows a lot of flexibility into an otherwise kind of you know, cookie-cutter cleric. Now, that same... Say we've got a war god. You know, I've got a war god named Sarath. Uh, would he do that? No, he'd say, screw you. Uh, say the cleric of Sarath tried to heal... Now, the cleric of Sarath is a uh, god of discipline and order. But, I mean, he's a war god. I mean, he... But he's very human-centric. He does not like other races. He believes, I mean, he just think of him almost as a, a, a supremacist of some sort. You know, he just believes that humans are the supreme race and all other races are uh, alive because of the grace of him and his people. Say a cleric of Sarath wanted to, to heal a dwarf or an elf or anything. Uh, what I would do is that cleric would lose his spell slot, you know, for the day, and no healing would occur because that's not what Seraph does. Does not do that. 
uh, say he wanted now now say the same Seraph wanted to cast um, oh I'm trying to think offhand I don't have the spell list in front of me um, but some sort of uh, combat we'll say spiritual hammer I remember remember that one I don't can't remember if that's an OSC or not for some reason I don't think it is. Uh, but say they want to cast spiritual hammer and they get they get they go off on that one uh, and they want to use a divine act on that again I probably let them do the you know use a divine act as a maybe max out their damage or maybe they want to take a roll and hit the the you know use it as a uh, Maybe almost like a mulligan in a way, where I would, would I would never say it would be like an automatic hit in a way. Maybe, um, but I'd make them or allow them a divine act to re-roll again, and then it's you know up to the fates whether they hit. And you're only allowed to use one divine act per round. You wouldn't be able to say, well, I want to re-roll. Oh, I hit. Okay, well then I want to use like say their second level. And then I want to use my divine, second divine act to to uh, do maximum damage you know no we can't not doing that um, so so those are so, sort of some of the low level aspects now let's go to the higher level say we've got a high level of healing and this lady uh, cleric or male cleric or whatever keep going to that because when I think of Lavinia I always think of females um and let's say a, a sixth level clear because I think they have access to third level spells at this point. But wants to do a healing spell. And, you know, they only have that beginning healing spell. I, I can't remember. I think there's one at fourth level or whatever. And that where it goes two plus something. I might at that point allow them to use a divine act, not only just to boost up their, their healing spell by a D6, um... I would probably even lower, I would probably drop all the other healing spells and just have like a heal spell. And your base heal spell is a D6, but you can use a divine act to up the the hit dice and everything. How much that is, I you know, it's it's hard to tell. Maybe it maybe every other level I would allow them to add another hit die to their heal. So if they do a heal and they want to at third level, they can roll 2d6 plus 2. And at fifth level, they can roll 3d6 plus 3. And again, they could use that mass healing. You know, come on, guys, gather around, huddle up. We need a mass healing. Everybody gets healed a little bit, and the clear gets to decide who gets healed what. Now, it's not always easy. I mean, the healing thing's the easy thing because it is definable, but, you know, within... I'm using rules that exist, and sometimes... There's situations where uh, Matt was playing a halfling, where in OSC halflings can't be clerics. Well, I don't, I, I don't like class restrictions and I don't like level restrictions. If you want to be a halfling cleric of tenth level, then I don't care. You know, go ahead. Um, but his, it might, I have a guy called the Great Imbiber, and he likes to collect stories and he likes to to drink of, by by his name. So he go. Great and Biber folks go around and 
lubricate people with liquor and and uh, share stories. You know, he's probably one of my favorite gods that people like to to go. Well, he had this halfling, and 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 uh, their uh, the Braden Biber's uh, holy symbol is a tanker. Yeah, simple enough. And uh, they were in this big fight against uh, Sarath of all folks and everything. And Matt wanted to use one of his divine act to do some sort of action. And he kind of came up with something like the 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 uh, troops of Sarath were coming down this narrow, you know, almost like, you know, what is it? Uh, I forgot the, the 300 place, Theomachalis or wherever, you know, the narrow band where the, the great army was coming through. So he wanted, there was a tree there. So he, he wanted to, he jumped up on the tree made some prayer and brought his, his uh, tankard down. So he wanted to use a divine act to block the way with this tree. Now, while this may not be within maybe a the aspect of the Great Imbiber, it suited the situation. Because the Great Imbiber, not a big fan of Sarath, you know. Sarath doesn't drink. Real asshole to other folks. And, you know, in general, a party pooper. And, and the Great Imbiber does not tolerate party poopers. So... <laughs> It, it made perfect sense, you know. The, so he brought down the tankard, and I had, you know, some kind of dramatic flare, and the and the tree falls across the way and and kind of obstructs it and allows the the whoever the halfling was fighting with to a little bit of an advantage as the uh, Sarah's troops had to climb over it and everything. Those things don't break the, you know, they don't break the game. They're small things. Is there anything in the games that define that? Absolutely not. But, God, it makes the, the it makes the game so much more fun to me, I think. And for the players, because they can use their imagination. So now they have this Swiss Army knife as a cleric. Well, you're, you know, you're kind of still limited to what's in in there. I mean, you got a lot of options to play with. Um and all it has to do is kind of make sense and, and be cool. Now, like, say say Matt wanted to crash down the tankard and have, like, maybe the the ground erupt and, and I don't know, like, the the troops of Sarath take damage from it. I wouldn't have that happen. Probably what I would have happened is, is sort of... Maybe it, he hit the tankard on the ground and and maybe the tree still fell over or like the dirt rippled up causing a small wall between them or maybe there was a small uh, collapse in one of the sides where it wouldn't have killed anybody but it still would have been instructive but it wouldn't be like, you know, some um, dramatic killing, you know, clear killing like 20 people with a single tanker kind of thing it all has to fit within game and be kind of powered now does it do sometimes does it get away from me and sometimes i might allow something that might be a little bit overpowered yeah it does it happens you get caught up in the game and you think oh that'd be really freaking cool uh, but that's okay i mean it really doesn't it doesn't break the game i mean everybody's there to have fun and uh 
I mean, sometimes I guess you'd have to watch it for like uh, uh, your power gamers, but I don't generally game with those guys. Power gamers are definitely not my uh, preferred players, uh, and they won't enjoy my game at all either. So, but but I okay. So that's you know I'm on 20 minutes on this now, guys. Um, so thank you for listening. I hope this was interesting. I know I have some work to do on it, but you know, I think it's a very useful tool that might be fun to add into your toolbox when you're when you're going to start a new campaign. Something to think about. So, all right guys, I am out of here. Take care. I guess wait a minute. Take care. Roll better than me and we'll talk soon.